Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name is Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, hello to you out there. I am recording this in the space year 2022. I understand it is 2023 where you are. I'm just recording this before Christmas, as I always would record it ahead of time. Don't know why I'm making a point of that. Anyway, this week on the podcast, I am interviewing all three members of the Slow Cooked Bears. These are a great uh, London band that I've seen a couple of times. I would highly recommend seeing if you ever get the chance. We talk about all sorts of things this week, like thinking through how you come across on stage and what that practically looks like. Organising your band calendar, because that's really important. And frankly, the power of being nice in the music industry. And I'm going to stop wittering on and just say, on with the interview. So today on the podcast, I am joined by all of the Slow Cook Bears. I don't know if that's the right collective noun, collective phrase, but there we are. Hello, how are you all? Hello. Yeah, we're great. Good, thank you. Is 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 that the right phrase to call you? Are you? Are you should I call you the slow cook bears? I guess that's the right pronoun to to, to call us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never been too fussy about what I've been called, to be honest. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question, as always, is from a random question generator that I found online, and the question I have for each of you this week is: What board game do you like the most? I would start. Uh, I think. Um, I really like Cluedo. Uh, I loved detective uh, books and films when I was a kid, and um, it gets a bit boring when you've played it a few times, but um, it's good fun, you know, at Christmas. Yeah. Does Trivial Pursuit count? I like general knowledge. Uh, I feel like I have good general knowledge, so I like any quiz with lots of questions. That'll do. It's, I'll take it. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the game I have in the living room. I don't have access to it now. What's the, that game, that black box something, you know? Oh. What's uh, that, James? You must know. Cards Against Humanity. Yes. That's <laughs> not really a board game, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean... We're, we're loosely... Well, yeah. you, you get the vibe of our band here. We always push the boundaries of what, what's allowed. Quite a common common game. I played it with my family. It's a very weird thing to play. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's a strange <laughs> one to play with your family. The thing about Cluedo that I always don't get is that I'm often playing with people that when someone shows someone else a card, they'll start scribbling something down and they're like, But how do you know anything? <laughs> There's nothing to know. Anyway, that's that's really not important. Um my first I guess real question for all of you is how did you um get into music and I guess you can answer that in in turn however you'd like to okay uh, so I'll start I'm uh, James the singer and guitarist in the band um I started uh, getting into it when I was a kid and you know watching films and uh listening to the soundtracks of those films you know like Jurassic Park and all those classic John Williams films um uh, music was just like a big a big thing in those and then when I was a teenager uh, me and my friends all told our parents a lie um, that all their other parents had said we could go to the download festival um, and they all believed each one of us individually and we all started going from about the age of I don't think we were even teenagers we might have been 11 um, and um, <laughs> we went every year and just you know seeing the bands on the stage was was epic and just wanted to do that ever since then for me when i was young i was uh, 
I, I can't remember when I was younger. I mean, when I was a lot younger on TV, I was just passing and then I just, was, you know, checked the channel and then, you know, that take on me music video from AHA <laughs> that was on TV. And I was like, what's that? That's so cool. I don't know what grabbed me, but since, uh, since then I was so much into the music and then I was like, wow, I just, it just amazed me. <laughs> that was my start of the, you know, the time to be involved and the more, you know, interest in music, that stuff. Um, hi, uh, Josh, the drummer here. Um, I think I would go around friends' houses and we would listen, watch, um, I don't know if you remember the channels, um, Kerrang! and MTV2, and we would just flick between the two and sort of watch a lot of the music videos. And also that friend had a had a drum kit at the time, so I used to mess around on that and I couldn't play at that point, but he could. So I remember being impressed by that. And another friend when I was about, maybe about 12, uh, his dad snuck us into a metal gig that was like a, a bar. He had to be over 18. That was quite eye-opening just to see how crazy everyone sort of responded to music. So I thought, yeah, this is a kind of place I want to be. There's a lot of underage stories in this, in this band. <laughs> Gosh. Early exposure. I mean, lucky for me, by the time I got into this kind of music, I was, I was old enough to be able to go. So there we are. Anyway, um, so h- how did the band get together? So you're all kind of doing your own thing and then... Boom. Yeah, I I suppose I'll I'll start that because it it kind of started around um, me. I I'd been in bands um, in Nottinghamshire where I'm from, and moved down to London. Just couldn't find the right people. Had a busy life. Ended up not doing music for quite a number of years, and um, well, not doing music in in the sense of being in a band and playing gigs. I, I was playing guitar and stuff at home um, and, and wanting to write some songs and just just get going again. And um, Yunsu was with me at the time. And she said, well, why don't I just help you? Why don't I just, why don't I just play bass you know, for you? Um, and we started writing songs together. Um, it developed quite a cool tone. And then uh, it kind of developed from that, that we, we added a drummer that at that time uh, wasn't Josh, um, and um, we got we got quite a few gigs coming in, and he kind of had a change in life circumstance, I would say, and um, that was too much for him doing the gigs, and then luckily uh, put an ad out, and and we met Josh. Um, we 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 didn't exactly do auditions. We tried um, a few different drummers. We had jam sessions, and um, when we played with Josh, uh, me and Hyunsu sort of looked at each other and and had a moment where we kind of winked at each other and we were like okay this is our guy and um yeah that's that's how the band kind of started and then we went on to record our first single from there when was your first single trying to work out how long you've been around as it were it was it was um our first single uh, actually came out during the pandemic which was uh, not easy <laughs> um we recorded it like literally as it kind of like the rumblings of covid and stuff came through and then yeah we 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 got it out there during it was it was very tricky actually and the producer was really sick so but you had a captive audience so that's yeah <laughs> don't know um so so where did the band name come from cuz i so i've got one of your t-shirts and every time i wear it people are like that's a really cool t-shirt and they especially like the name so i don't know if there's a clever story behind it or if it's a bit random um there's there's meaning to it. I I mean, 
I spent a long time, well, we spent a long time sitting in pubs going, what can we call the band? That's probably everyone does and, and struggling for for hours and hours and hours. And one day, um, something in particular came out. We were watching uh, an Attenborough nature program and he he has these moments in all these nature programs where he moans at you at the end and says look at all the damage you know human beings are doing and um there was some polar bears i think they were like on some melting ice and realized um global warming or, or climate change they're um they're going to define actually this generation and the next and and you know maybe more um so it's kind of an of the time thing it seemed like an important thing to to encapsulate in a name i guess so it's polar bears not brown bears yeah could be any bears you want <laughs> like they're all struggling that sounds like to me. <laughs> that's true that's true that's true so um so you you've got together and it's a little bit before the pandemic back in the happy days and things like that when's when's your first gig as a band and what what was that gig like our first gig with you josh do you remember that because the bird's nest yeah okay it might have been the the bird's nest um i think that went down quite well didn't it like i no, I, wasn't it biddleboros actually i think bird's nest came first and i think it was i think it was fine oh, before before halloween 2019 wasn't it yeah i think we only played about three gigs i, can't even remember. I think we only played two or three and then the pandemic yeah, happened pandemic. so they feel like such a long time yeah, ago but it, i think it was a uh, bird's nest and i think it went pretty well i think it, we got a good considering it was our first gig it we got a good reaction yeah i, I don't remember any 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 bad things happening which uh we kind of have a saying when you play live uh, anything can and will happen <laughs> and so <laughs> it certainly does it certainly does so it was a relatively good experience was it was it kind of like an opening first band on type scenario um the bird's nest is sort of around the corner from where we live um so we've developed quite a good relationship with uh the guy that books it there and uh we i'm guessing but i'm guessing we were probably on second um um by that point we'd, we'd played a couple of gigs with him before with with the old drummer gareth and um you know uh built up a reputation of being, I guess, trustworthy and, you know, not just noise. So. <laughs> Trust goes a long way, in, in, especially in live gigs and securing live gigs. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. It's not to be underestimated. So where do you rehearse, or should I say, how do you rehearse? Do you, is it like a regular thing where you meet up weekly or is it a kind of ad hoc thing? Do you go through set lists or write music? What's, what's your kind of approach to that whole side of things? We do have um, a sort of a schedule in place and we're all based in South London, but we're based, uh, two of us are Southeast and, and one, uh, Josh, you're based Southwest. Um, and to <laughs> make that, um balanced uh, we actually rehearsed in each location one by one rather than meeting in the middle and us all traveling um which is you know that's 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 a lot to commit to whereas you know every other week we we get the chance to go to the other's location and and that person can then go home very easily which is which is very nice we keep it regular we if we have a gig coming up we'll go through a set list um and perform it as a set list and and try and work out some transitions and things like that and when we don't have a gig 
Um, we go through the songs, um, but we also like to, at that, that point, that's kind of experimentation time where we can, we can be writing new, new stuff. And always 20 minutes for football talk. <laughs> at, the mo- <laughs> at the moment there is, yeah. <laughs> It is quite true. <laughs> wow. You can count me out of that. <laughs> there we are. It's important to make sure you have good relationships within the band. So it's beneficial. Beneficial, right? Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, so, so talking of like uh, things like jamming and writing and things like that, how do you write songs as a band? Do you, um, do you jam things out? Does someone come with like a fully formed idea? How does that work? I don't think it's always the same. Um, in general... I would say I start the ideas, um, but I'm definitely not coming with something that's fully formed at that point. I'm not just coming in and saying, hey, you guys put something on this. It could just be a riff. It could be a verse. It could be a verse and a chorus. And it, you know, it could be nearly there, but not arranged. So I might have even all the parts. I might have an idea for a middle eight. Um, uh, but generally, uh, I'll come with some sort of idea as a beginning thing and then we'll just experiment around it and sometimes we record it on our phone which is definitely something I wish we'd known um, at the beginning Um, because when you just play things through you think something's great and um, while you're playing it it's fun but when you actually listen back you go oh actually that could be shorter or this could be longer Uh, from a listener's point of view is a little bit different to you know your playing point of view so that's that's really helpful and we have quite um i'm speaking now as the leader of the band i suppose and saying this but we have quite an open democracy within the band uh we all comment quite freely we like to pull things apart we'll say oh that's not working and um i believe it works quite harmoniously but um if the other two don't think so then they're not allowed to say so <laughs> no, to be fair to you i think that's <laughs> to be fair to you i think that's fairly true anyway i mean i'm not scared of saying you know i don't quite like that bit something like that i don't i don't come up with a great idea but i just say i don't like that <laughs> yeah i'd say james starts the idea and then we sort of layer it up um either yeah you'll send the idea as a recording over the phone or bring an idea to a practice and then we'll just sort of yeah add layers from that initial idea sometimes it could be like almost the whole song or just a riff like you said it's one of those things isn't it that you're right that hearing a a song or a potential song um recorded however badly it's recorded it it gives you that perspective doesn't it when mm-hmm. you're not physically playing or singing and things like that and you can hear it and go actually does this work is it actually a bit boring that kind of thing (laughs) but you can have a very frank think through what what is what's working what's not and it's really valuable and sometimes it can be a bit of a confidence boost as well because sometimes you've brought things to the room and you're not sure about it um we've recently uh, just been making a song and we i mean it came together very very quickly like we we jammed through it and we kind of had the song I'd, I'd come with literally i think a guitar riff and the the melody was formed on the spot within half an hour and the bass line and the drums we kind of got an idea and it it was more or less a fully formed song that some of the lyrics were a bit questionable at that point but you know that the, everything else was there and we went back and at the time you're like eh, maybe it's all right but then listening back to it you go oh my god there's actually something in that, that i didn't i didn't realize that you know 
Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely good practice. Totally. It's just the, the other experiences near you go, actually, no, this isn't, we're not that bad, you know, we can, we can, we can make yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to completely draw back the curtain on the podcast, I have slightly messed up the order of my questions because I have normally have a nice flow and I should have asked this question earlier and I'm probably going to leave this in the podcast. So there you are. Such is the way of life. Um, so I'm going to ask this question now and it's very out of order and I'm, there we are. Have you had any nightmare experience gigs as a band where things have gone wrong? I don't know. All sorts of things can happen, as you've said. Um Feel free to not mention names if that's helpful in telling a story. Yeah, we we have had a lot of experiences. I wouldn't say anything that's like um, gig ending, career ending, but um, we've had we've had things um, with our old drummer Gareth. We had somebody uh, throw a bottle at him on stage. This person was in another band. Uh, he got drunk. He abused his crowd he got annoyed when we were playing and people kind of got into it. He, I think he spat into the audience at one point. And then while we were playing and he was annoyed, he just threw a bottle at him. Uh, we carried on playing and the drums suddenly stopped and we looked around and they were, they were in the audience. Um, and uh, everything calmed down and we actually went to a gig. I'm not going to name any names, obviously. We went to a gig recently that we went to just see a local band we knew and uh, his new band were there and we were like, oh, it's, it's the guy. <laughs> you, you didn't recognize him, but I recognized but, him. I yeah. asked him, isn't it him? I seem to remember that face. <laughs> yeah, we, we, went, we went sleuthing afterwards and we were like, oh God, it was them. Um, and then I would say kind of um, uh, gear issues more than anything, which, you know, that's, when I said anything can happen, we've had a cable break, which I know is pretty standard, but, um, it's, it's quite annoying to diagnose, you know, if it's in a pedal board. Uh, I've actually had a guitar pedal uh, completely die during a set and it, um, it was halfway through and we, I didn't, I couldn't quite tell, you know, sometimes when you're playing on stage, the sound of the monitors is not great. I wasn't sure if what I was experiencing is what the audience were experiencing, but it turned out it was. <laughs> But sometimes you just sort of play through bad sound and people say afterwards, oh, that sounded great. And you're like, oh, I'm glad it did for you, but it, you know, it, it didn't for us necessarily. You know, pleasure of being uh, on the underground local scene, I guess. Um, so yeah, a lot of technical issues. Um, Josh, can you think of anything, anything else that's... Um, there was that what I'm naming and shaming you here. There was that one quite eventful gig at... Um Biddle Bros, the second one where yeah. we did a cover oh. of um, Smashing Pumpkin Zero and James um, oh. somehow managed to cut two minutes <laughs> of the song um, just halfway through and suddenly me and he and Sue just sort of realised that he was completely in the wrong section. So I think we seamlessly managed to just carry on. There was a bit where everything cut, cut out. We saved him. We, we saved him, basically. <laughs> so I think if you were watching from the audience, you wouldn't have noticed unless you really knew the song. Uh, so that was quite challenging. And also that gig, wasn't that the one where the woman was giving massages to people in the front row? So that was... Oh, cool. yeah. They, oh, yes, yes. They were having um, sexy massages yeah, in, that the, was quite in the audience distracting. while the bands were playing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, very frontal. Yeah. 
it's a very tiny venue um but yeah they they were they, that was a very very strange gig um so not nightmarish but quite yeah eventful gig we we usually get through them it's questionable how much people recognize that we've had issues which is important i mean I, I was super proud of these two when that happened and i was i was you know i was i was very upset for a few days but they somehow psychically knew what i'd done i didn't know what i'd done i had no idea where i was in the song and then came to the end of it and went there was definitely a chorus that was missing <laughs> but yeah i don't think we've ever had to like cut a gig halfway through or anything like that nothing that terrible nothing that dramatic that's good it's the um Wow, just the thought. I mean, it's it clearly maybe your music's a bit of an aphrodisiac. Maybe that's why <laughs> were happening. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's something to think about. And the, I mean, did did that drummer recognise you? That's my question. Did oh, I from the other so. the other band? No, I don't think so. Um, but anyway, that day he was quite drunk. I think. Yeah, so he, he was, would remember. And I think is the rest of his band left after that. Um, because of and they they were like apologizing to us and saying like this guy's an idiot you know um so yeah feel for them in that story haven't you that's pretty that's pretty rubbish for them there we are so maybe a timely question given that james is so clearly in charge um (laughs) in many ways so how is the band managed is is it is it how it looks to me that that to be blunt, James is the boss, or do do you all do kind of different tasks and bits and pieces to help out the band? And what's your approach to that kind of thing? Uh, James is the diva. <laughs> yeah, he's the diva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say what happens and they do it. That's how it works. I'd say for like all the admin stuff and all the logistics, he's definitely the leader, and also the main sort of comes with the main ideas, the songwriting. But as he said, uh, we all get a vote as well. I mean, uh, Yunsu actually does uh, sort of run our finances. That not that we have many, but of um, of our money. And when when you say logistics, actually, we have a band calendar. We use an app that's quite cool called Band Mule, um, and you run that calendar, don't you, Hyunsu? Like yeah, a- I remember. I'm trying to remember to add everything because you know, if you leave it on your personal calendar, you two might forget what we have. <laughs> You and the James, you always ask me when was that one? When was that? And then you, it was confirmed yesterday that you always ask when was that. <laughs> so I just try to you know keep up with the dates on the calendar, that kind of thing. So I'm just arranging. I mean, in terms of the admin, the recording, or anything like you know related to finance. So trying to make the record myself and then share with the band. Is it? Did you say it was called Band Mule? Yes. Cool. Yeah. It's, I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone who's interested. It's quite nice. You can, um, within the calendar, you can set days you're not available. So if a promoter comes to me, although we're not very good at using that, but we we try. Um, if a promoter comes to me, I, I can sometimes know in advance, oh, we're definitely not going to be available that week. Or we have our practices and then it has a different color code i think for the practices and the gigs so you know oh this is a gig this is a rehearsal so you know within the band um within reason as long as we're not losing money if it's a rehearsal and we need to move it for some reason although that doesn't really come up that often but obviously that's okay but a a gig is if it's in red then we you know it's a gig (laughs) that's a good idea i mean i think it's really handy to 
keep track because you know it's 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 one thing keeping three calendars aligned but if if you're a band of five or six keeping those calendars aligned i can imagine would be horrific <laughs> without an app like that so i i think it's the worst thing maybe the worst thing about being in a band is organizing three even when you have more than three as well uh, more than three people's calendars is is a nightmare um but I think we, we have quite a good system and uh, we, we recently had someone asking us if they could join the band and we were like, no, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very easy with the three of us. <laughs> you may add to the sound, but you will add to the complications as well. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So if anyone's wondering, you're not looking for new band members. <laughs> so moving over to the your kind of recorded output side of things i don't know why i said it like that sounds weird um but there we are i've said it now um do you record yourselves or do you go into the studio what's your approach to that side of things as a band uh, we're 100 percent a studio band um i think for more than one reason i mean the main reason that a lot of bands do it is because of the drums right let's face it you you can't really record drums at home and get a decent well you, there's there's things you can do to have um a drum sound but to get a natural sound that we would be proud of we, we'd want to go to a studio um i think it also uh gives you a bit of focus that you don't have at home i mean at the end of the day time is money um when you're in there um and and there's somebody there that's looking after that side of it that if you do it at home you kind of need to be the engineer and the person doing the music and it's so much nicer just to concentrate on performance and and maybe um argue with a producer about where the, the song should go <laughs> whether the song should go where it? where the song oh, should where go. it should go. yeah yeah sure that makes more sense <laughs> that makes more sense do, do you find yourself receptive to ideas of producers when you work with them or? no i said that in jest i'm actually um well the three of us are quite open to having another influence in we uh, i'm speaking again as the band leader but i'll let the other two uh cut in if they want to but we have quite a harmonious um unit when when we write songs we we're very open i'm, I'm not scared to try something josh wouldn't be scared to try something we'd throw ideas around and if something's bad we'll tell each other if something's not then we're in a good place so it's very harmonious and I think sometimes maybe a bit of conflict can be a good thing and, and hearing an outside um, set of ears to take it in a different direction to what we might take it in is, is good as well. So I, I, I kind of um, think we're looking for people to challenge us maybe, not, not just listen to what we think's good. I enjoyed having a producer um, at the last recording. So before we died, I've recorded other bands and um, the first two singles hit with uh, Slow Cut Bears. It was with an engineer, so they don't really get involved as much in the songwriting process. So this last one will never be a part. We had a producer who actually um, sort of changed one of my drum beats because he was viewing it how it would sound better recorded rather I've, I always just played it live. So I was playing more of a live drum beat and it, it definitely improved the song. So yeah, I value that sort of insight, especially from someone that's recorded with so many different artists are so not sort of precious if he thinks it will improve the song, I'm happy to do it, even if it wasn't my uh, original idea. So, yeah, I think 
we're open to ideas but at the same time if we don't like something we'll also challenge it um and that was the experience we had but that, that uh, particular um person was very open to to what we had to say as well and, and listened very much um as as it went through the process so it's definitely as a all, good thing as all good producers should yeah if you work with a producer who suggest something and you say no and they go we're doing it anyway that's probably you might be in trouble but there we are <laughs> just just my two pence there um so what what goals do you have for the band in the next six months to a year or so what are you hoping to achieve by what are we december 2023 yeah it's a it's an interesting um timely question i guess uh because uh, we actually have our we have not just rehearsals, but as every band should, you have a, a little band meeting every so often where you have your plan for world domination, you know, once every couple of months. And we're actually due to have that on Thursday, so we've not really had these discussions yet of what's coming up for the next year. But Well, here we are now. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I think we are thinking um, very much about... Uh, the sounds, even going back down to basics in terms of sound and maybe going in a slightly new direction even um we've always we've not really stuck to a formula and i'm not really interested in doing that now um so i think we'll be looking at new things we can do mysterious <laughs> and we're also thinking about our live show a bit more and um sort of uh, how to sort of grow that and um, evolve it and also thinking more about the performance side of it not just playing the songs and the transitions between songs and just coming across as a more polished um, uh, live band so that's something we definitely uh, want to improve and I think we have been um, but yeah that's definitely one of uh, our main goals for next year yeah I, I, I think that's a good point I, I think before probably as a lot of bands do you, you sit down and you you come up with these lofty goals that um, they might not be very tangible and you might even have an idea of how you're going to do it but it you know it, it's not always exactly how it works but actually um, focusing on basics which we have been doing but doing even more of that like micro focusing on that I mean that's your product that's the thing you do your live shows and your recorded music that should be good before anything else before thinking about social media or 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 I don't know, tour plans or something like that, you know, your bread and butter needs to be top. I think not enough bands focus on what you do on stage beyond playing the songs. So especially transitions. There's so many bands I've seen where the song finishes, people, you know, chat, clap and cheer and things like that. And then they're immediately head down, I'm tuning, I'm not engaging with anyone. And especially if there's not a separate singer in the band, if everyone's got an instrument, there's a risk that every there's just a minute or two of just dead air and it can get really awkward. So thinking about what you do in that space, however you want to do that is, is really important. You're right to focus on that. I think. Yeah. And it's something that we enjoy. I mean, that's, that's the, the reason we do it. I mean, to, um, to make something that's artistically credible. I mean, so focusing on the songs is, and, 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 you know, maybe adapting your sound uh, I, I'm not not weird. All all three of us, um, we've talked about this before. But you know, some some people are quite precious about bands keeping their sounds over years, um, and 
we're definitely not we're the opposite we're we're happy when bands do change their sound and um you can't make the same album like four times in a row it you you need to you know you need to change Ask ACDC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> More than four of those. I think what I like about your your goals, and I know you haven't had that meeting, so you know it's it's, it's there's some specifics I'm sure will get nailed down in the next week or so. But what I like about that is when I've asked that question to lots of other bands. I've had the, the you know the points that we'd like to do more shows. We'd maybe think about doing an album or a single or you know whatever whatever their plans are, and that's kind of usually the extent of it, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but I really like your your focus on slightly different things that maybe bands don't immediately think of, but is going to improve the the whole thing. Like you know what what are we like on stage? How does that come across? And songwriting do we want to sort of rework what we're doing do we want to change bits and pieces i think that's a really important conversation to have that probably not enough bands do i think it's something that takes time though as well like um we definitely were guilty of all those sort of cardinal sins of just like you said just having a lofty goal like oh we're gonna just record a single or we're just gonna do this and then I know, and then people say to you, "But think about the practicalities of that, and and make a, a plan for that." And you kind of do, but you, without having had the experience of having done it a couple of times, you kind of don't really know what that means. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's ex- it's exciting to to be doing that um, rather than just having a lofty goal. Yeah. All those goals like that can be helpful. So yeah, <laughs> maybe that's band meeting too when we actually yeah. do. That's, plot that's for again. <laughs> <laughs> So what? And you all can have a different answer to this um, because it's a very personalised question. What has been the biggest success of the band so far, in your opinion? It could be a moment. It, I don't know, a show, a single, whatever it may be. There are two things that come to my mind. So. Um, <sighs> Both of these are not sort of on the commercial scale of success, but they're they're very big achievements for us. I think uh, one, as I mentioned, we we released our first single in uh, the pandemic, um, but there was a bit more background to it than that. We we'd recorded it, and we'd paid like a half price rate with the studio that we were in, and they were not that interested in getting it mixed that quickly. Um, so it took ages to get it mixed and then the pandemic hit and uh, I'm not going to reveal too much but one of us had quite a serious health thing that happened at that moment and ended up in hospital and we weren't really sure where we were going to be you know for a few weeks um, and then literally just getting the single out and released with the backdrop of COVID and struggling to even get it mixed and 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 everything else that was happening at that moment uh, was massive. So that was like, um, we made a few mistakes in the way, you know, you're supposed to have this big promotion plan for it. And uh, I don't know. Um, and I'd signed up to Spotify for artists too late to, to try and pitch it to any playlists and all that kind of thing. Um, but getting it out was, was a massive achievement, you know, for us. So we had a kind of a soft launch into the world. And then, um, very recently 
This is a uh, quite a funny one. Uh, our music was featured on this morning, the uh, daytime TV show. <laughs> um, so having uh, Phil Schofield uh, wrap his luscious lips around our band name and introduce us was was quite nice. And um, yeah, it, it might not be Radio One like some other bands have, but uh, it was it was a good good one for us. I guess that's the same for you guys, but uh, feel free to chip in if there's anything else. That... No, I've got the same same idea as well. Yeah. Um. I, uh, yeah, they were obviously big moments. Uh, I like to sort of think of live moments because obviously, like, I think that's the most important thing for being in a band for me. And there was a gig we played, I want to say, a couple of months ago now um, at the Queen's Head in Brixton, and we just got such a good crowd reaction, including a proper mosh pit. And like the crowd was just like loving it so and like seeing a mosh pit people sort of jumping to your own songs was just a great experience so yeah i'd rate that as one of my um highlights you look out and you go wow this is this not is bad happening. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> not too shabby at all so my um penultimate question um is a slightly esoteric one and i don't know what you're going to say to it so i'm just going to ask and then we'll see where we go what is your best piece of advice for bands nowadays yeah this one um i don't know if we're best place to advise bands because we haven't had that much you know uh commercial success but i would say it's important um to enjoy what you're doing um and to be true to yourself don't don't try and bend what you're doing to I don't know maybe I, I was watching something yesterday about um bending your sound to suit an algorithm on Spotify but in the long run you know who knows in 10 years maybe Spotify doesn't exist anymore and you change something artistically for that reason um I think keeping your artistic credibility is is important and just being true to yourself and being happy like you you might not think you're living the dream like you're not playing stadiums or something but actually you know playing in the the gigs at the gutter end is the dream you're playing music so just just love it yeah be nice to the sound guy or they will they can uh they can make or break your show so yeah be nice to them that's that's a massive one actually that's that's a really good point uh, just be nice generally actually that's 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 something that does come up a lot i i went to a few conferences where other people were giving advice and they just said you know don't be an idiot to people like it's 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 a people industry so just be nice well for me if we are thinking just to start <laughs> because that's what we regret now not start sooner spending i mean wasting too much time you know and then when you look look back, it's always the excuse like, oh, I was so busy with the work. I'm so, you know, I've got so many things to sort out, blah, 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 blah. We still have a lot of things to sort out, busy with the work still, but we are managing to, you know, enjoying the band life. So if somebody is thinking, they just need to start before they regret. <laughs> That's my little advice. It's good advice. Good advice if you're not sure if you want to be in a band or not and you're not you know you're on the edge of that kind of thing go for it don't wait around yeah take, take some risks. yeah i mean there's nothing you can lose now <laughs> you're not big band there's nothing to lose <laughs> so you can try uh, you know you uh, soon lose your sense of uh, dignity when you've been on stage a few times and then you can 
then you can build yourself up into a good public speaker if nothing else <laughs> i see your second career coming along if you need it <laughs> do some research into uh promoters i think i've been guilty in previous bands of just sort of playing like a lot of those pay-to-play ones and they expect you to sell a certain amount of tickets well uh, with this band we're a bit more diligent who we play for we want to play for promoters and venues that we think like the music and care about the music rather than just expect you to bring 50 or 100 people through the door so yeah i'd say um every gig offer you get sort of looking have have a bit of a background check and see what they're about there there are good ones out there there's a lot of bad ones as well definitely and that only comes with a bit of experience and dealing with them but yeah if it, there are warning signals if, if someone's telling you and you're a new band and they're saying you need to sell 20 tickets to your friends maybe as your first gig that's not a good idea like you you should you should try and do something a bit softer launch maybe try and get a free gig in what you think might be a, a dingy venue uh, they're, they're some of the best gigs you'll play I'll tell you now rather than the ones that are in the the, the supposedly more famous ones yeah once you, we had experience we were just working through the street and then the girl was giving out some flyers or whatever and then we got stopped by her and then she was asking oh would you like to see some kind of a free gig I was like huh? what is it about oh and then she was giving out it's my gig actually tonight I need to you know I bought this ticket it would be really great if you guys can come she was she bought tickets herself because she used those promoters and then she was giving it out to people in the street because she didn't manage to sell so we felt guilty and then we went to see her gig and uh, yeah just uh, you know depending on which promoter you're working with it can end up like that she was a great singer by the way yeah she was great i don't remember her name actually but she, um it it she probably had to buy even 10 of the tickets and if they were 10 pounds each she just spent 100 pounds of her own money to play in a venue to people and that's and that's happening um and yeah so be careful of that yeah long story short don't do it because <laughs> if if no one does it then that'll stop yeah yeah it's kind exactly. of the long short of it exactly so yeah there we are um so to close out the podcast, I'd like to ask for your favourite song from uh, the band to play at the end of the podcast. So uh, which song is that and why? Ar- argue away. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say we use our latest one um, purely because it is our latest one. So it's uh, it's the most recent in all of our minds. We're always thinking about the next song so anything that's any older than that is is old news to us so i'm gonna say the latest one which is we'll never be apart agree wonderful well this is the slow cook bears with we'll never be apart guys it's been really great to talk with you i right, thank you so much for having, us. To talk to you. having us